Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Steven Snyder, and you're listening to The Relationship Doctor. Today, we're going to be talking about sexless relationships. With all the fuss in the media about sex these days, you'd think sexless relationships would be pretty uncommon. But it turns out at least 15% of American couples don't have much sex at all, which is fine if that's what you prefer. But most people in sexless relationships are pretty unhappy about it. Sexless relationships happen for lots of reasons. Sometimes it's that the sex just isn't working. Either it's unsatisfying or it's physically painful or it just feels like the same thing over and over again and not in a good way. Sometimes it's because one or both partners have lost desire, often for reasons that have nothing to do with sex itself. People have sex for hundreds of reasons and people lose desire for an equally large number of reasons. Stress, overwork, exhaustion, feeling angry, feeling depressed, having been traumatized in the past, or simply not liking their own body very much. But whatever the cause, there's something specific that eventually happens in almost all sexless relationships that makes it much harder to start having sex again, at least with each other. Psychologists call it the Westermark effect, named for Finnish sociologist Edvard Westermark, who first noted something that once you think about it seems kind of obvious. People who live together under the same roof without being physically intimate eventually start registering each other as sexually off-limits in the same way that siblings living under the same roof feel off-limits. As a sex and relationship therapist, I get a lot of calls from people in sexless relationships. They've stopped being physically intimate, and as a result, they unconsciously register each other as forbidden. Once that happens, sex can start to feel pretty darn awkward. People in sexless relationships can get back to physical intimacy, but it requires some fairly sophisticated therapy to overcome the Westermark effect. It's better to make sure your relationship doesn't become sexless in the first place. Sometimes the answer simply involves certain basic skills, like learning to speak your partner's love language, or knowing how to manage your own basic needs in a relationship so you can stay vulnerable with each other. We'll be talking about those things a lot in future episodes, but today I'd like to focus on something more basic. Today I want to talk about sex itself, mostly about sexual feelings and how to sustain good erotic feelings in a long-lasting relationship. The most important feeling during sex is when you momentarily forget yourself. For most of us, this involves losing a few IQ points, what I call getting dumb and happy and fully absorbed in the moment. The most essential parts of arousal are psychological rather than physical. Dumb and happy is definitely where it's at. The average American couple has sex about once a week, which is somewhat less than what couples had a few decades ago. No doubt some of that decline comes from overwork and the fact that we're all on our phones three to four hours a day. Many sex therapists, myself included, think some kind of erotic contact once a week is really kind of a minimum if you want to keep an erotic relationship going. 
Of course, there are always exceptions. Some couples who have sex once a month still feel totally connected. But for many couples, having sex much less than once a week can put you on a slippery slope towards sexlessness. So, how do you make sure you don't end up in a totally sexless relationship? I mean, assuming you're not intending to shut down Facebook, go back to a flip phone, and retire to Costa Rica. There are actually three things to remember. Let's go through them one by one. The first thing is to make sure you sometimes get aroused together even when you're not going to have sex. It might be just a minute or two in the morning or before going to sleep at night just because it feels good. In sex therapy, we call this simmering. The real experts on simmering, of course, are teenagers. You take a couple in high school. They have three minutes between classes. They meet at one of their lockers. They hold each other, inhale the scent of each other's hair, breathe together, share a kiss, and then the bell rings. They run off in opposite directions, and they each have trouble concentrating for the next 10 minutes. Just like teenagers, the happiest committed couples actually cultivate getting excited just for its own sake. Unfortunately, most couples avoid getting excited together unless they're actually going to have sex. Big mistake. Today especially, when most of us are working harder than ever to make ends meet, I'm convinced it's the simmering, even more than the sex, that's going to keep most relationships from becoming sexless. The second thing to remember is not to freak out when you don't experience desire. Desire can be kind of irrational. It comes and goes according to its own logic. You can't control desire any more than you can control the whims of a child. Unfortunately, most sex advice talks about desire as if it's something you can just crank up at will, like some kind of machine, usually by engaging in some form of novelty, like a sex toy, a kinky accessory, or a sexy date or destination. The problem with this approach is that it usually doesn't work. It's like trying to keep a child entertained. You end up exhausting yourself, and in the long run, the child isn't any happier. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So, what's the alternative when you don't feel desire for your partner? That brings us to the third and final thing I want to tell you about if you want to prevent a sexless relationship which is not to worry about desire at all. I know that sounds paradoxical, but trust me, you don't really need desire to have good sex. Instead, all you need is one simple technique. In my office, we call it the two-step. It's really a technique for cultivating mindfulness, which is just a fancy term for what naturally happens when you pay attention to the present moment with minimal judgment. So here's the two-step. Step one involves nothing more than going to bed together with no agenda except to do absolutely nothing at all. It doesn't have to feel erotic. 
and it's not even intended to be mutual. Step one might involve nothing more than noticing your own breathing, the sensation of your body against the mattress, and maybe the temperature in the room. When you feel your mind quieting down a bit, that's a good sign that you're ready for step two, which is turning to your partner and opening yourself to arousal in whatever way you might find it. If at that point you decide you want to have sex, then fine, go ahead. But if you do, see if you can hold on to that quietness of mind from step one. Arousal for someone in a committed relationship can be like inspiration for an artist. You don't wait for inspiration. You need to go looking for it. The three things I've shown you today, the two-step, simmering, and remembering not to freak out when for whatever reason you can't seem to find your desire, can be extremely useful tools for making sure your relationship never becomes sexless, despite the fact that you're on your phone three to four hours a day. But cultivating your own arousal in this way can also open up a whole new dimension to physical intimacy in a committed partnership. That's one of the things committed partners are especially good for, even if you might lose desire for them from time to time. This is Steven Snyder, The Relationship Doctor. Do you have relationship questions? Email me at relationshipdoctor at quickanddirtytips.com. You might even hear your question on the show. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook and check out my new book, Love Worth Making. Listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's all. Thanks for listening. Please note that all content here is for informational purposes only. This content does not replace the professional judgment of your own mental health provider. Please consult a licensed mental health professional for all individual questions and issues. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.